Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning comes from a portion of our epistle lesson, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we will commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Thus far, God's holy word. You may be seated. In the name of Christ, who has called us by his great mercy into the ministry of his gospel, dear fellow redeemed, what would you think of a baseball player who played seven seasons without hitting the ball in fair territory? One of the best players of all time, Mickey Mantle, did the equivalent of that. His walks and strikeouts add up to more than 3,400 trips to the plate, seven seasons worth. Or what would you think of an inventor who failed hundreds of times in his experiments? Thomas Edison, perhaps the greatest inventor in American history, spent many long months failing before he found a filament that would stay lit in his incandescent light. Whether it be in the lives of people that we regard as quite successful or in the life of those who we consider ordinary, failure always finds a place. No one has gotten to the point they are at without first experiencing some sort of failure. The difference between Mickey Mantle and 90% of people who desire to make baseball their life is a response to said failure. All the greats struck out. All the greats went through periods where they didn't seem to be as great as they were. But that failure did not cause them to lose heart. Instead, they learned from their failures, capitalized on them, and used them to shore up their weaknesses and persevere onwards. Failure loves to define people. And it was no different for the Apostle Paul. If anyone had the right to throw in the towel or let failure win, it was him. He was beaten, thrown in prison, lied about, disobeyed, shipwrecked, and so on and so forth. All throughout his ministry, he found what appeared to be failure after failure. And yet he persevered. 
But can you imagine the temptations running through his head on a daily basis? Why continue to look after those Corinthians? They clearly want to follow their own desires rather than the word of God that I preach to them. They aren't worth it. Paul would write three, maybe even four letters to the congregation at Corinth, both instructing them and chastising them for the issues that were arising in their midst. This church that he had spent a year and a half teaching, strengthening, exhorting, just didn't seem to get it. They had abuses in the Lord's Supper. A man who took his father's wife to be his. Rivalries that wanted to go to public court instead of dealing with each other in Christian love. Factions that claimed to be more righteous because of whom they belonged to, whether it be Apollos or Paul or Christ. The city of Corinth was well known for its spiritual moral decay, even among other heathens such as Rome. And the church at Corinth was not quite ready to detach from the world around them. But they brought the world into the church. A recipe for failure. And it would have been natural for Paul to simply let them collapse. Let them stew in their love for the world and chalk up Corinth as a failed mission. I'm sure there's a number of ways that you could identify with the Apostle Paul or even with the Corinthian church. I know for certain that I can. Failure has wreaked havoc on my life and all of our lives, a curse of living in the sinful world. Have you found failure in your personal life? How to manage being in the world but not letting the world become a part of you? What about the ministry into which you have been called? You are part of the priesthood of all believers. Have you let failure take root? If only life would go the way that we want it to go. If only everyone could just get along. If only my children would listen more. If only my parents would hear me. If only people would just come to church. If only people would desire the truth of God's word. Instead, that of those greedy prosperity preachers. If only. If only the world did not have sin in it. All those things would be resolved. And in fact, that is what's coming in heaven. But here and now, we are faced with the failures of our own sinful flesh and the failures wrought by the God of this age. Satan who is seeking to blind all to the light of the gospel. Discouraged? Losing heart? Understandable. The more we stop and we see how much sin has infected our lives, the more it is inevitable, inevitably revealed that we are in no way worthy of this faith, this church, or this ministry into which God has called us. So many times we have let Satan win. We have succumbed to the temptation. We have let anger, 
take root. We have despised the precious gift God has given us in His Son. And all for what? Fleeting moments of pleasure. Suppose the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to you as well. What do you think he would say in regards to the failures that you have experienced? Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. He would encourage you in the same way that God encouraged him and he encouraged the Corinthian congregation. Whether it be the ministry that we embark on together as members of this church, or whether it be the personal ministry that you embark on a daily basis, the encouragement remains the same. Remember what brought you here. A Lutheran theologian, Johann Bengel, once said, Grace takes away the fault, mercy the misery. God showed you and me a tremendous portion of grace and mercy. First, his mercy was shown when he looked upon our helpless state. He saw all our failures, our wickedness, and misery of our sinful lives. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In his compassion, in his mercy, he took away the veil that was covering your eyes and mine. And he shone brightly in our hearts the knowledge of the glory of God. That is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. His mercy sent Jesus to this earth to take on human flesh and to live that perfect life that you and I cannot obtain. And his grace brought Jesus to the cross to suffer the punishment that you and I do deserve. And not only did he go through death, but the very wrath of God that your failures and mine deserved. He took that full force of the wrath. Jesus, the Son of God, gave you his grace by taking care of your faults. And your sins are no more before God for his sake. Jesus has also given you his mercy by rising from the dead. His resurrection is a guarantee that God's grace covers you. Your sins truly are forgiven. And even as Jesus rose from the dead, you and I will follow him into, from death into life everlasting. The misery of this earth, the misery of your failures will be wiped away. But even now you have God's mercy. Despite the times that we stumble and fall, God reaches out to you with his forgiveness. He restores you as his child and he places you back on the path of righteousness. But most of all, he has entrusted you with the ministry of his gospel. And this is life changing. It is the one area of life where the success or failure is not up to you. You are the messenger, but God is a power. You are the planter, but God is a grower. 
And that is not to say that you are without responsibility. On the contrary, you have great responsibility to proclaim that message of grace and mercy that God has showered on you in its truth and purity to everyone around. Millions of people are walking around in blindness right now, waiting to have that veil lifted. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They have been blinded by the God of this world that is Satan. He is the one who stands in the way of these church halls being filled. He is the one who causes, who is a cause of godless churches who feign Christianity and lead people astray. People naturally look for a place that makes them feel good and let them forget about the guilt that might be on their conscience. But they never receive the healing for that guilt that is found in the gospel of the glory of Christ. God's grace is the only solution for the guilt of mankind. You have the truth of that testimony. You have the truth and you have the personal testimony just like the Apostle Paul. Hear his testimony from 1 Corinthians 15. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Paul continually went back to the grace of God that called him out of his former life into the life of his ministry. He recognized his unworthiness and his failures, but even more, he recognized God's mercy in calling him to be the provider of this truth. If it weren't for God, Paul would not be an apostle. He would have been a persecutor of the church. Instead, God used him to encourage the Gentilic congregations of his day and even the congregations today to you and me. The same encouragement Paul found for himself is to be your encouragement as well. Whether it be in our personal lives or in the lives of your ministry, the ministry of this congregation, God calls out to you with his grace and his mercy. 
He assures you that your sins and your failures are forgiven for the sake of Jesus. Your work will be blessed by him, even though we may not see the results until God shows us on the last day. I remember one of my first days at seminary when one of my professors said, your ministry is to make sure no one can stand across from you on the last day and point to you and say, why didn't you warn me? Why didn't you tell me? When I tell you that shook me to my core, I mean it. I was ready to drop out right then and there. No way am I cut out for this. But as the year went along, the beauty of God's ministry was revealed. The ministry that God has called you and me into is a blessed one, not a terrifying one. God has already provided for you the message. Sins forgiven for the sake of his son, Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized for salvation. God has already provided for you the success. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Do not lose heart. You have the ministry of the gospel. Your life has changed because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that is with you all. You have received forgiveness for your failures. You have encouragement when you stumble. But most importantly, you have the message that can bring light to those who are blindly walking in the darkness of unbelief. Take heart. The Lord is on your side. Amen.